Welcome to Cholo Groove, a podcast about music, art, and life, a journey into rarities and curiosities with a Latin American twist. We're going to explore how music and other artistic expressions have transcended boundaries. This is a space to jump into the void, connect, and share. Twenty twenty two Cholo Groove, welcome. So if you haven't heard us yet, you can find us in Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Anchor. So please go and look for Cholo Groove there. The best of uh, Bolivia Mayorga, the Ecuadorian Cumbia, and a brief story of the Latin jazz. Yeah. And now to start in this twenty twenty two, el tango. Yes, we have chosen a wonderful um, genre, which is tango, because in some of our conversations, we we ended up talking about uh, Argentinian music and its connection with with tango, how important it is mm -hmm. um, in Latin American culture. Tango was influenced by habanero that's coming from the Afro-Cuban rhythms. <laughs> So mm. that means that it's the same root that the Latin jazz and these other genres mm. that we were talking in the previous series. As well, and we were going to listen ahead, it's like tango influenced a lot what we know, Pasillo. Pasillo, Ecuadorian. Uh, yeah, the, the, music. the Ecuadorian music. So this huge influence that tango has, because it was an Argentinian production, mainly in the 20s, uh, the beginning of, of 20th century, Uh, the phonograph phonograph industry yeah. in in Argentina was was a strong industry. I mean, Argentina at the beginning of that century was uh, considered a prosperous country where a lot of immigrants from from Europe. So yes, my first encounter with tango was uh, at the house of my grandmother, being like a couple of records of Carlos mm -hmm. Gardel. Wow! And I remember. My family, I mean, my my father and my, and the cousins of my father listening to Carlos Gardel. So I have an early memory of all of this this music, very with a lot of emotion. Yeah, There's, very there, yeah, deep yeah. emotion, and it's kind of sad, and the the sound of the um, gram, yeah, and uh, melancholic. Yeah. And uh, and I grew up a bit with that because I spent a lot of time at my childhood at my at my grandmother's yeah. house. That, that records were something that were always there, mm. and uh, I just mm. always remember Carlos Gardel. <laughs> well, my first encounter with tango was in Buenos Aires when I of moved course there. you were in Buenos Aires. <laughs> yeah, you lived there. Yeah. Um, and it was everywhere. It was part of the culture, but it was people. Argentinians, when I told them that I was going to go to a milonga, those places where you dance tango, mm -hmm. they were like, mm, okay, interesting. But young people, they wouldn't go there. Now it's seen as something for older people. Okay. And I, th I think maybe lately there has been a new wave of people 
like bringing back their roots mm-hmm. but it was seen more of a traditional thing and as the lyrics as uh, we we um, mm-hmm. discussed before we started recording that uh, one of the characteristics of tango is that it, it is so beautiful and deep mm-hmm. and it's sad at the same time because yes. it tells a story of immigration of poverty but at the same time you dance and it's sensual so it has all these different colors which make it so beautiful yes my yeah yeah my second encounter i would say with tango was later on uh when i had a bar in quito and we started to do some uh electro tango shows that uh, mm. So there was a, a DJ, a very prestigious DJ there playing, <laughs> um, and, uh, and and two dancers there, like, uh, and was that was the electro tango that was like uh, playing Gotham Project, bajo fondo, that was this modern view of of, of what we understood of tango, but with the with the essence of, ta- yeah. essence of tango. At the beginnings of tango, it was. Um, it was danced and listened to in brothels in uh, in Argentina. Mm. It was supposed to be something. It was seen as uh, a sin, sort of a sin, okay. or or something that was uh, related to even prostitution, because it was as it was played only in brothels. Okay, it was hidden from uh, normal society, mm-hmm. and uh, it was always um, associated with um, not necessarily with sensuality but mm-hmm. with lust with okay. uh, prostitutes later on it evolved and it was more accepted in argentina because at some point it was it became famous in in um, in france in paris mm-hmm. and argentina said okay so if it's famous <laughs> there maybe there's a reason why we should like it too oh, and then so it became like more spread in Argentina, in Argentina and after that in all Latin America. Yeah, I understand that as well. Montevideo uh, in mm, Uruguay was a very important um, scenario where tango uh, happened as well. I have a record here that is La Historia del Tango, and it has everything that is known as uh, La Guardia Vieja, that is uh, basically the beginning of tango. And actually, the first uh, song that is playing in the in this episode is from this record, and is called Don Juan. That is a tango uh, by Ernesto Poncio and R.J. Podesta, and uh, is playing by violin, flauta, and guitarra. That was uh, how the beginning of the trios, the beginning of tango, uh, used to play. Used to use these three instruments. Um, Besides that, I would like to continue with another tango here that is called El Enterriano. Uh, it was recorded in 1897. It is uh, the oldest tango uh, that uh, was recorded. Uh, El Enterriano was uh, written by Rosendo Mendizábal, and in this version is playing by Daníbal Troilo and his orchestra. This time, like the beginning of the century, at the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th, were known as La Guardia Vieja. I was thinking about the name Enterriano. Mm-hmm. That could be the uh, Riano, it might be the person uh, who lives in Entre Rios. Oh, okay. This is just um, 
an idea, speculation. I, I <laughs> speculation, exactly, <laughs> okay. because there's this province in Argentina called Entre Rios, which means in between rivers. And this will be El Entrerriano, is the person is, who belongs yeah, the, to, oh, what's exactly, born in like that? Canadian Entrerriano would be a person yeah, from Entrerriano. And, and makes sense as well about Buenos Aires and Montevideo, that uh, where tango is coming from, is the root. So tango itself is yeah. would be an Entrerriano. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, so, so okay. yeah, yeah say no more. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> was amazing it's it is so different from what we have heard before in the previous episodes yes it goes um yes we can hear the bandoneon here that is actually um an orchestra typica this is a an enlarged uh orchestra that we listen in the first song that was the orchestra the uh, the, uh, the ensemble the, the tango ensemble that was uh, just the violin flute and guitar uh, eventually this enlarged into this tango orchestra that was added the bandoneon and 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 the piano that is what we listen here the the sound of the violin 
even reminds me, I don't know if you have heard, there's one uh, violin concerto by Chef. Tchaikovsky that is dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. right and right. sounds in that uh, it's like it, yeah it, it yeah. sounds like even classical music yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was I was thinking of waltz this dance that I think has an, a German origin mm-hmm. and uh, apparently tango dance was influenced by waltz dance And okay. we also have the bandoneon, which is uh, originally from Germany. Germany. So it's it's so interesting to see that Europe had its influence in what later became tango. And the way it, we dance tango, well, I'm not a good tango dancer by any means, <laughs> but the way um, waltz is danced, you, you're very close to your partner and there is like a swinging movement yes. that is so different from cumbia or, or yes, salsa. Or salsa. Um, I don't know if you use this term in in music, but in dance, there's this word staccato, which means like very stiff, boom, boom, boom. Okay. And there's this pace or rhythm when you dance in walls, like there yeah. is, it, it's sort of a staccato, like boom, boom, boom. And in... Uh, tango it's the same thing you have a very clear pace and it's it's very vertical okay. in tango you're very straight and it's very elegant so it's interesting that you know there is a, a clear influence from europe yeah. there's a there's a history of immigration of um, italians europeans uh, going to south america mm-hmm. having to survive in a different environment and being poor, living in these um, very big houses um, in um, in Argentina, in Buenos Aires especially, and I probably in, in Uruguay, mm-hmm. where huge families will, would have to share the same space. So there's, that's what I felt when I was in, in Argentina, that there is this sense they have, uh, Argentinian people and probably Uruguayans too, that they don't belong in Latin America because they're not Latin American per se, but they're not European anymore. So there's this sense of lack of belonging that uh, only they have in Latin America. And um, actually, Carlos Gardel was one of these, uh, part of this uh, immigrant movement that came from, uh, specifically Gardel from France. Um, he came at the beginning of the century with his mother, and I think his name was uh, Charles Gardez. And because he arrived to a Spanish-speaking country, he or his mother probably changed it to Carlos Gardel, and that's what he, of course, he was known yeah. <laughs> for, for 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 all of us. Um, I don't know if we should go back to a topic that I love, which is the bandoneon. Oh, yeah, yeah, of um, course, of course. I yeah. was, um, when I was living in, in Argentina and I was introduced to the world of tango and milongas, which are these places where, where p- people would go dancing. It's one thing when you listen to music from a recording or from a Spotify or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, It's so different from when you listen to music live. Mm-hmm. And I remember that the first time that I saw a tango band playing and seeing a bandoneon for the first time, mm. 
And I didn't even recognize that instrument because it's different from accordion that is mm -hmm. more used, more common here in this part of South America. The bandoneon is it has this square shape and it's more, it's sad. It's sad. And, and I remember the, the musician, the player, the bandoneon player mm. would be sitting on a chair and they would like display this piece of black fabric on mm -hmm. his lap. Mm -hmm. And then he would put the bandoneon on top of his lap and start playing in a very, you know, it was like in an inward Okay. Um, play it was not a happy play it was like okay. towards himself and yes. this sadness yeah. Yeah. and these colors that's why to me I was thinking well you were playing the uh, last song the colors that my mind uh, that came to my mind were black and red Okay. because there's this sadness that we don't see in salsa and merengue or whatever we have listened to before It's completely different for some reason. Yeah, black there's and red. more like the punk of like the punk of the beginning of the century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> maybe maybe now we are like um, you were saying the bandoneon. Um, maybe we can continue with another tango that is uh, instrumental as well. And this from Carlos Di Sarli Orquesta, Orquesta Típica, that was one of the most recognized uh, orchestras típicas. listening to the Chola Groove, a production by Javier Vadillo and Salome Salazar. Thanks to Eli Sabo, our production consultant. If you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.